It's a special joy to be together in God's house this morning. I love to see so many faces, some we haven't seen for a while, and uh, we're really, really thankful, especially since this is the day that uh, we've set aside uh, to give special thanks for the blessings we have received this year. Um, So before we look into God's marvelous word, we just want to give an opportunity if there are any greetings or any announcements for the church. Thank you for those greetings from Beverly Hills Brother Keith and please extend our greetings back. Thank you Brother Paul. We're so thankful to have the Scala family back home with us and uh, thank you for those greetings. Thank you. It's a special joy to see uh, the Jarvine girls back with us. I hope you're feeling at home. Uh, please then do send our love and greetings to your parents and your, your church. Hmm. Thank you, Brother Mila, for those uh, greetings from Ildi and uh, especially for our, our new brother uh, to be today, uh, Steve Delich. So uh, for those who aren't aware, um, we were, uh, Steve is uh, fighting with kind of late stage uh, terminal cancer, but praise God, he's given his life to the Lord and he's given his testimony about what God has done last night and he is currently being baptized in Richmond Hill Church. His health is fragile, so they're asking that only the, the family be able to uh, visit uh, there, but um, our, our elder brother Doug is there for that holy work, and he and Millie send their love and greetings. Any other greetings? Thank you for those greetings from Brother Edwin. So if there's uh, no further greetings, a few announcements this morning. Um, as we announced before, our focus for collections is for the Hope Ministries and the Amazon tributaries where they're uh, sending medical boats up and down the rivers and the, bringing the gospel to people who have not heard it before. They need a new roof for their main building in Castanal, and so we're collecting to that end. Um, we already mentioned the Richmond Hill this coming Wednesday. We're looking forward to uh, uh, probably concluding our series on Sermon on the Mount. This is now the uh, second half of uh, Matthew chapter 7 for those who would like to read ahead. And last but not least, we have a very special announcement this morning. (coughs) We haven't been able to have one of these announcements for a while, so um, I'd like to uh, announce that the Lord has led our brother Josiah Reinhardt uh, to be engaged with Sister Laura Tack of, uh, of <laughs> sorry, Beverly Hills, Michigan. And maybe if the couple would rise so everyone can see. Uh, we're very thankful for both of you, and we do wish God's richest blessing on you together. Thank you very much. So we're thanking God for, for the, that rich blessing we have.
So with that, uh, let's uh, turn to the Lord in prayer. Mm. Almighty God, we are indeed richly blessed and have much reason to be thankful. Lord, you have given so much to us from our very existence and our ability to even understand and perceive to being your image and being able to think and make decisions and to love and be loved. Father, we are blessed and the greatest gift your son has given us is to love us enough to die in our place and to unite us to himself as as the bridegroom to a bride and father we pray that everyone would receive that invitation lord we do thank you for the worship this morning we pray that you would speak to us through your living word and we do pray for those who are unable to be here for various reasons whether they be hindered by their health or maybe even still running from your love and truth we pray that you would reach them encourage strengthen draw them closer to yourself we pray we ask this in the name of jesus christ amen So uh, I felt uh, it would be appropriate this morning to read a little bit um, from a couple passages, but I'd like to begin from Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. <clears throat> Maybe we can uh, begin reading from... Uh, from verse 4. Um, this is the uh, account of the, the, that uh, sixth day where God created us. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day the Lord and God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God had caused it to rain, had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and uh, let's uh, um, come down to verse 15 and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make and help meet for him and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them on to Adam to see 
what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's kneel down to pray to our God. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, what a wonder, what an amazing thought it is to think that the Lord of the entire universe would care whether we're lonely or not. To think that he would take care of not just our physical needs, not just our spiritual needs, but even our emotional ones, and that with thee is the source of every good thing. Heavenly Father, in this first account, we see so many things that just cause us to wonder when we think about our origin, the creation of man, the creation of woman, the creation of this beautiful world that we see now decked in beautiful fall colors. Heavenly Father, this, these things are too wonderful for us. Our words fail us. The poets have <clears throat> spilled oceans of ink describing the wonders of thy creation, the wonders of love, the amazing thoughts that thou hast given unto us about the universe that we find ourselves in, and yet still they all fall far short of thy true glory. And so, Heavenly Father, even though we know we are not equal to the task, we want to come before Thee now to worship Thee, to try to give honor to Thy name, to worship Thee, to lift Thee up, for Thou alone art worthy. Heavenly Father, we ask for a special blessing on each one who is gathered here this morning hour, to hear Thy word, to hear the meditation on it, to be changed by it, because that is why we are here, to be made into the image of the perfect God. We're so thankful that we had the example of Jesus Christ, that he walked here below as a man, experiencing the same things we did, and yet showing us the way back to the Father. What a blessing it is. And Heavenly Father, we rejoice with our brothers and sisters and friends in Richmond Hill who today are celebrating the new birth of our friend Steve. And we're thankful that thou hast, even in this last 11th hour, as it were, called him unto thyself, and that he has responded, realizing that this life is not something that we can hold on to, and that if we would gain life eternal, it means a surrender of our life here and now. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for fulfilling his desire to be baptized into thy death and raised again in thy resurrection. We ask that thou wouldst be with him and strengthen him for as many uh, 
days are yours as thou wouldst have. And dear Lord, if it would be thy will to not just heal him spiritually, but also physically, we would also worship thee and glorify thee for that amazing miracle. But Heavenly Father, we know the greater miracle is in the new life that thou hast granted unto him. Heavenly Father, we ask for a blessing now on the brother who will bring forth thy word. We pray that thou hast grant him words from thee, thoughts from thee to communicate to us that our lives may indeed be changed day by day into a better reflection of thee. Be with him now as he would expound thy word unto us and help us to be willing hearers. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. by accident. And uh, the order in which this, uh, um, he, he taught and as he orchestrated the events of the sixth day are again significant. We see that uh, and, and in the previous chapter, uh, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and uh, he created man in his own image the image of god created him male and female created he them now in the order of the events he created the man first and he gave the man a mission a purpose he talked about how he wanted man to be cre a creator a cultivator a nurturer one who um, could shape the life that God had created coming out of that earth. And that, that life depended on man, just as we depend on God. That as God has, has created us, as he nurtures us, as he shapes us, as he wants to see us grow into his glory, God wanted to give us the opportunity to also um, have a dominion, have a domain in where we are not uh, ones that take advantage and take, but rather nurture and shape and help grow that earth. And that was a a mission that was not a selfish mission, it was a, one to glorify God. As we talked, even this, this glorious creation we see around us, the, the, the plant life and the fall colors and the glorious beauty and the overflowing uh, tables and so on, these are all fruit that glorifies the God, that draws um, us to a spirit of thankfulness I wish it was more universally recognized who we were thankful to, that this would be indeed a day of thanksgiving as it was intended. Um, and yet, God created a problem to be solved. As he had the man with his creative work, uh, and that was not sufficient. And as he created all of animal kingdom and, and, and also 
challenged men to be creative in naming and understanding and, and, and uh, having that connection with the animal kingdom, even that was insufficient. And man was still found to be alone and it was not good and there was no help meet for him. He was alone in this mission. As if God needed to teach us that to be alone is not good. I think it's a lesson that maybe we need to pay attention to today. Um, we think often we are self-sufficient, that we don't need each other. I remember, you know, when the internet was a new thing and, you know, some guy did an experiment and he was going to see if he could live alone in a room with just the internet for, I don't know, was it a week or something, you know? The only thing you'd do in those days was order pizza, so he had a lot of pizza. But uh, over time, that technology has made us have this sense of control and independence and power and that we maybe don't need the human connection. But on the other hand, the pandemic has shown us that isolation and technological dependence uh, is a very poor substitute and, and the mental health of the entire world has taken a hit as we have tried to, to, to think we can live without a personal face-to-face -face connection with other people. It's not good for man to be alone. And God provides, in this instance, he provides someone especially created with care, not from, from the raw materials of the earth, but from man himself, out of man himself, which we became the very name woman that was shaped uh, from his own flesh to become a part of him, to become, in the words of man, uh, the first man, Adam, to become flesh of flesh and bone of his bones and that they shall become one flesh. We said, God said, let us create man in our image. And he created them male and female, created he them. You see, alone we are not the image of God. God is not alone. God is a plurality. There are multiple persons in that Godhead loving, submitting, uh, serving each other for all eternity past. And therefore, for us to think that we can be self-sufficient, we are not complete. God designed us that way for a reason. Now, in this case, God has created marriage on the very first day. Before he saw everything he had made, behold, it was very good. It was that crowning moment. And in the imagination of mankind, we recognize the very goodness of love 
of marriage, of the wedding day, of that, that um, potential that has been created as, as two give up their individuality and their own individual pursuits and put together uh, and become that help meet uh, for each other to now glorify God in pursuing his purposes. Now, that's not to say that that's the only way to not be alone. The New Testament adds more to our understanding. And uh, Jesus said that this is a gift as, as he was challenging um, the understandings as they had, they had reduced marriage from you know, becoming one flesh uh, to something that was contractual and something that could be broken with uh, a legal writing. And Jesus said, no, that uh, what God has put together, let no man put asunder and that you know, we should not divorce. And the disciples were taken aback and, and they felt like, well, that, you know, that's like so hard. And um, he, he told them that, 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 and they said, you know, maybe we shouldn't even get married if, if, if you know, that, that's the, the um, sentence. And Jesus told them that, well, not everybody can, is given that gift. You know, some people do make themselves devoted to God and, uh, and serve him alone without distraction, but not everyone has that gift. And then Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, that was Matthew 19, where we have that exchange. And in 1 Corinthians 7, he goes, Paul goes further and he says, I would that everyone was like myself, um, serving the Lord completely and without distraction. But, you know, again, not everyone has that gift, indicating that there is a, uh, a benefit to being single and a benefit to being fully devoted to God. But it is also a blessing, as we read here, to be married and to serve God together. But even if Jesus and Paul recommend uh, the virtues of singleness, they do not recommend that to be alone. It is not good for any of us to be alone. And what does that mean? Uh, like I said, I think our culture is in a crisis of being alone. And we, the body of Christ, have the answer to that crisis because we have love and we have commitment to each other we have a community and for those who are not married we have a responsibility to um, not perhaps withdraw into our own um, cloister of blissful married life but we need a responsibility to to consider the needs of our community and to go beyond our walls and to love and support and encourage each member of our community of, of, faith, of faith. As um, Galatians says, that we need to do good to all men, but especially those of the household of faith.
this world used to have that idea of, you know, well, marriage is a good thing, but they're starting to give up on it. They're redefining, you know, the process of dating to the point of now where you know, I'm just in a situationship. I'm not in a relationship. You know, in the current situation, I'm connected, but we don't know how long, and, you know, the situation might change. It's fluid, and it's, it's pretty sad because that's not God's design. God's design is that we are part of a community that cares for each other and is committed no matter what. The one flesh relationship was intended to be indissoluble. It was intended to be a reflection of God and God's relationship with the bride. In Ephesians 5, we get this insight that you think it's about you, <laughs> but it's actually about Christ and the church. That, that Christ and the church are not interchangeable, just as a man and a woman are not interchangeable in a relationship. There are roles. So again, society is trying to redefine, and we need to be careful that we don't succumb to the constant programming and messaging that we're bombarded with from every side. God's design is not that we are independent. God's design is not that we're uh, indistinguishable. God's design is that we play a role in a relationship for his greater glory. Christ's role is very different than the role of the church. Christ died and gave himself to redeem that church. He took that initiative. He made that sacrifice. Christ did not do that in any selfish way, but in a completely unselfish way. The church's role is to respond to that love and to also honor um, and to that, the Lord Jesus Christ and to, in, in gratitude, serve and and, and together achieve God's, Christ's purposes here on earth. Again, marriage sometimes in our circles is intended to be the goal. And in, in the story, uh, in the fairy story ending, you know, it ends, and so they lived happily ever after. But I don't think that's intended biblically to be the end of the story is that you drive off in the car that says just married and 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 and, and you know the curtain closes and and that's the end and you just imagine bliss from that there on we read that's not how we read together in genesis chapter 2 there was a mission there was a purpose there was something that required more than just the man could give that required an energy, creativity, and he needed a help meet. He didn't have what it took to be alone and accomplish God's purposes. And I just want to um, read from Psalm 37 a bit about perhaps how to go about finding a help meet. Mm. 
Let's uh, start from verse 3 of Psalm 37. If you want to turn with there, turn there with me. Because that's certainly often the question on many hearts. <clears throat> Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Um, th this passage is actually dealing with, you know, the, 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 the psalmist, and it is David, um, struggle with seeing people going about things the wrong way and apparently achieving success uh, and um, how it made him, you know, wonder. <laughs> it's a kind of similar to, is it Psalm 76, where he, he struggled with that same doubt. I know uh, our dear brother, um, um, <laughs> often it refers to that himself. But here is the solution that he proposes. Rather than focusing on someone who is achieving apparent success by taking shortcuts and not following God's rules, he says, no, trust in God. Be patient, do the right thing, serve him, and you will be fed. Your needs will be met as you are fed, and you will even receive God's blessings even to the desires of your heart. If you trust in him, he will bring it to pass. And rest is even the ultimate level of trust. I know that for me, um, I was... I, I you know, probably told the story too many times, and you probably don't want to hear it again. But, um, you know, as I was first converted, it was uh, a common topic among young men, especially if you got late enough and uh, the filters dropped off, you know, to talk about uh, the young ladies and who it would be nice to marry. And um, I just felt there was something wrong with that picture, and I really wanted... To, to have gone to uh, direct that process because I, I didn't trust my own analytical abilities because I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't even know myself. How am I going to know uh, all the people out there, all the women out there know who the right person to marry is? And so I committed myself to serve the Lord. And in that, you know, I expected God to direct me to the right person in ways that, you know, I, I told him to hit me on the head with a hammer. I didn't mean that literally, but that he would make it clear to me um, that who I should marry 
when the right time came. And there was times where, you know, I might have fretted because I saw other people approaching it differently um, and uh, where I might uh, feel impatient with God's process. But I'm very thankful that, you know, as we, I was working and supporting the missions and then was asked to join the ICFG, uh, in that process there was uh, another young sister who was in the ICFG already serving the Lord who, unbeknownst to me, had been praying about marrying me for a year before that and still was unknown to me, you know, for... <laughs> um, until you know the lord made it very clear that you know i should ask her to marry me and i think there's something about serving the lord together about prioritizing not you know enjoying yourself or accumulating things or building your empire but rather seeking god's glory that you will also find someone else who is focused on that as well because God has placed us here not for ourselves it's not about us it's about man has been created for the glory of God and that needs to be our pursuit and we need to be even creative in that process and I want to just bring that out that you know sometimes we get way too regimented and uncreative and maybe stagnant in that process and that's clearly not god's intent in the beginning here we need to really allow god's spirit to lead us and it's often in unique ways um but back to the point that you know as i pursued seeking serving the lord god brought me together with someone else who loved to serve god and that was a good foundation and i think it's rather poetic that uh you know when i was asked to go and uh teach uh icfg workshop you know josiah was inspired says i want to be part of the icfg too that was seven eight ten years ago i don't know um and um and there he also met someone who loved the lord and was serving god there as well and it was just kind of poetic how God worked that out. But the point that is general, because I don't think there's enough positions in the ICFG for everyone, and I'm not saying that that is God's will for everyone, but it's certainly God's will for each of us to love him, to serve him, and to connect with each other to not be isolated. And that kind of goes two ways. Sometimes, you know, we can sit at home and say, no one ever calls me. And don't take the initiative to reach out and to love and connect. Because that is God's design. He doesn't want us to be alone. He wants us to serve and to love. And in the process, God will meet our needs. And God will supply even the desires of our heart as we trust in him, as we serve him, as we fill our God-given purpose. May God bless his word.
In number 325, 325. Brother, please lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we see another blessing from God. For those that love God, we see the blessings and continual blessings that God does give to mankind. Father in heaven, we cannot thank thee enough. Lord, we ask for ourselves many times, but we forget to thank thee, Lord, and we forget to glorify thy name, which is so high. 
Who can understand the mind of God? And who, who is God likened unto? There is none. Yet man cannot understand that why Jesus came to earth for this very reason. And there is great joy in heaven, the Bible says, when one turns and when, when man can understand the ways of God and the joy that it brings, and not only in this life, but the life to come, which no man has seen, no man has understood, no man has entered into his heart, the Bible says, that is prepared for those that love him. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for the joy you have brought to us and to the couple today that are united in thee, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would bless them. We pray, Lord, that you would guide them and help them, Lord, in their walk of life with thee and serving thee. Father, we're reminded of the baptism in Richmond Hill for our friend Steve now. We pray, Lord, that you would bless this uh, day there. And we pray, Lord, that you'd give him energy and strength to, to go on through the day for, for man to see what you can do in the last hours of a man's life. Father, truly we are amazed at thy work and thy greatness and forgive us where we doubt and where we have where we become weak. You have shown us over and over many times and we become dull at times and, and, not, and short-sighted, not seeing afar off or seeing what is prepared for all. Father in heaven, be with the old that could not make it today, those that are sick, those that are in, with infirmities and difficulties. Father, we pray for those that amongst us that have difficulties and sicknesses, that you would heal them if it be your will, Lord. Help them to cope with their difficulties. Father, we pray, add what we cannot ask for. Our minds are so small and understanding is so little. Father, we pray that we would rely on thee and thy goodness and that we would be willing just to follow and do the things that are required of us, that we may not take it to our own understanding where we fall and we see many times where we've erred and, and are weakened. But for all your goodness, Lord, for all your blessings today, we thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hymn number 79, thank you.
before we have the benediction, uh, Daniel, will we be having choir today at lunch? We will. Okay. So choir will begin uh, immediately following uh, lunch, and we'll have singing begin at 2 p.m. This is certainly a special occasion. We're thankful for the good news of the engagement that was announced this morning. But as we've been meditating on this, I've begun reading through uh, the scriptures at home, my own private meditation from Genesis 1. So I've just been reading these accounts. And of course, when you reread things that you think you know, you notice things that you missed before. It also tells us something about our power of retention. But I noticed something. When God created both man and the animals, it says simply he formed them from the ground, from the dust of the earth. But when he created woman, that was special. Taken out of man, formed to be his counterpart, a help meet suited for him. But as so often is in Scripture, the physical pre-shadows, or, or, or um, I don't know what the correct word there is, but, but gives us a, a picture of what God had in mind, something, something greater and something spiritual. Eve was taken from Adam's rib, and he said, now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. But there's something very interesting that Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, and Brother Edmund alluded to it, but didn't touch on it specifically. Listen to these words. It's talking about the marriage relationship, of course. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. Now the Apostle Paul begins to take a slightly different tack with this. Sorry, that was a bad pun. <clears throat> that wasn't intentional. Nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. He begins talking about something spiritual. Now notice this. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. I don't think I've ever thought of that before. Being made again in the image of God is a spiritual experience, yet the Lord compares it now to that act where he took from man to create woman. Have you thought about that? When you were remade in his image, he took from himself to create you. We are now truly made in the image of God. The initial creation... Though man was, was he, it says, he breathed in him the breath of life. But that word, as I was thinking about that, it also says that about the animals. He destroyed everything in which was the breath of life. And here we understand a little bit, I think, about the dual nature of man. The fact that on one hand, we're not all that different from the animals. But on the other hand, that we realize we are no animal. There's something more to us we were designed for something more than this. And it was the second act of creation that was greater than the first. 
where he made us into his image from himself. We are indeed of his flesh and of his bones. And we will never know true fulfillment with our purpose until we're fully united with him. That's something that's far greater than marriage because Christ also taught that the marriage bond is for this life. But there's a greater marriage coming. There is a greater union coming that is not yet complete. And that he has in mind for all of us, married or single. Don't you want to be more than just dust and breath? There is a new creation God has in mind for each one here. May we all submit to that and become one with him. That, that is the key to fulfillment. That is the key to happily ever after. May the Lord add whatever was lacking to what was said. Amen. This concludes our sermon.